Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. I want to ask the question, what do Christians do? What do Christians do? Well, a lot of people would say, well, they sing praise songs, they, they read the Bible, they go to church, they go to a small group. But, but, but truth be told, the world, does the world really care that we do all that stuff? Uh, probably not. I mean, they might say, well, isn't that just what religious people do? They just kind of like do that stuff. And, well, if, I don't want to tell you, if you really want to get the attention of a of, of a self-centered, materialistic world, you absolutely have to demonstrate generosity as a Christian. We need to. And it will turn heads, especially when you are generous with what I call joyful generosity. And, and around here, we use this little phrase. It's, it's, it's just who we are. We say we're all about making Jesus known. And one of the ways that we make Jesus known is by showing our generosity out there in the community and around the world. I mean, we call ourselves Christians. What is a Christian? Well, a Christian is a disciple of Jesus. That means we are disciplined to do what Jesus did. We follow in his footsteps, and his Holy Spirit lives in us, and we are therefore carriers of the Holy Spirit. So we have the presence of God in us. Did you know that? When you're a Christian, God moves in. And so you're a carrier of God, carrier of the Holy Spirit, and wherever you go, you are bringing the presence of God. And, and, and I'm excited about talking about that today. So this is my final message in my three-part series called The Joyfully Generous Lifestyle. And today's message is entitled Presence. So what happens... When we express his presence with joyful generosity. Well, the, the scriptures are very clear on this. Now, the scriptures actually tell us this over and over and over. The first people that we are to be generous to are people who are a part of the household of faith. So it's the local church. We are to make sure that one another's needs are being taken care of. And secondly, though, we are to leverage our resources as, as an opportunity to reach the world for, for the sake of the world. Now, when we do this, in very, especially in practical ways, the world is, frankly, stunned. And God will use our generosity to draw people to himself, and God will use our generosity to change the world. I believe that with all my heart. And there are a lot of different ways that we express this generosity, and I've shared a lot of those over the past couple of weeks, but I just encourage you to keep doing it. Keep doing it. I, 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 in just, just reflecting on some of this work that I was doing with, uh, with the Mayor's Faith Leaders Cabinet, uh, as I was talking to you about this, I, I recalled something that I was, I was in this meeting with, and, and as, as I was in this meeting, and we were waiting for, our, uh, for the person to arrive who was going to be interviewed regarding child trafficking here in the area, and it was a former police officer, because after they're out of the police force, then they can act, they'll be willing to talk about these things. And as we were waiting there, uh, Maddie Parker, who was with us, you know, she, she, made, she made the statement, she said, I just want to thank you guys. She's the current mayor now, but she says, I just want to thank you. She said, because every group I work with in this city, every group wants something. 
They, they come here wanting something, and this is the only group of people that you're not asking for anything. You're giving and you're sharing, and this is such a light for our community. And, and, and that was just one little instance of that, guys. There are so, much, so many things that we can be doing as well. And, you know, the, and the truth is, as far as the local church is concerned, the more resources the church has, the better we can actually serve our community. And when we consistently give to the ministry of our local church, uh, the ministry to the community will grow in greater and greater intensity. I like to say this, we are a generous church filled with generous people. But I've added a new word to this. We are, and you've heard this for years, we are a generous church filled with joyfully generous people. In fact, that's that's good. Come on, say it with me. Just just say it. that declaration of our church. We are a generous church filled with joyfully generous people. And I think of it this way. If every person in our nation who had a church home would regularly and generously uh, give, give to their church, the outreach opportunities would really be staggering. And so today, all I'm asking you to do is just to search your heart, evaluate your lifestyles, even scrutinize your giving habits, and, and choose to be joyfully generous in one way or another. Now, I know this. It's easy to get defensive and for your guard to go up when we talk about money and stuff. But Jesus is a perfect example for us because we're his followers, and he held nothing back. So if our hearts belong to Jesus then our stuff belongs to him as well. And one of the best ways to invest in eternity is by giving to the ministry of your local church family that God has adopted you into. Now, I want to ask you a quick probing question before I get into the meat of this message today. What if everyone gave like you do? Just ask yourself that question. Let the Holy Spirit speak truth to you. What if every Christian gave with the same level of generosity and the same attitude that you have? Would it be good for the church? Uh, Would it propel the work of Jesus outward into the world? And if you can confidently and honestly say, yeah, the cause of Christ would be strengthened, then, then that's wonderful. Celebrate that right now. I mean, just celebrate. Thank God. I want to thank God uh, for you. And thank God yourself for your own spiritual growth and how God is using your resources to bring glory and honor to Jesus. But if you know that the work of the Holy Spirit, the work of the church would, be, <laughs> would, would come to a screeching halt if everyone gave like you, then I encourage you to allow the conviction of the Holy Spirit to speak to you and to fall upon your heart for you to simply repent. That means repent means to change and confess that you need to grow in this area in your spiritual life and ask God to help you to change beginning today and not tomorrow. Now, when I, when I think of generosity in the local church and the generosity of Christians, <laughs> I want to encourage you on this one thing. Here, here's a, here's a take home line for you. Don't be a goat. Don't be a goat. I, I did say that, and I meant to say that. Uh, I, I asked you at the beginning to turn to Matthew chapter 25, verse 31, because here Jesus gives one of his most riveting prophecies of how we will all be judged at the very end of time. And he uses this analogy. It's a picture of sheep and goats. And it helps us to understand the vast nature of generosity and how it actually works. And so let's take a look at it. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31, reading from the New American Standard Version of the Bible. It says, but when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. And all the nations 
will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another, just as a shepherd separates sheep from goats. He will put the sheep on his right. So if this, were, this was it, then y'all would be the sheep and the goats on his left. And this is not for real. This is just, just to illustrate. This is, you're not the goats, okay? The sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, which is the sheep, come, you who are blessed by my father. I love that line. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry. Now this is Jesus talking. And you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. And you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger. And you invited me in. Naked. And you clothed me. I was sick. And you visited me. I was in prison. And you came to me. Then the righteous, which are the sheep, will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And then the king will answer and say to them, truly I say to you, to the extent, this is good, to the extent that you did it for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Wow. Then he's going to say to those on his left, the goats. Deep, this, the, the, the extreme difference between this, the two are, are incredible. He says to those on his left, the goats depart from you, you accursed people, into the eternal fire which was prepared for the devil and his angels. Interestingly enough, earlier he said it was prepared for you from the foundation of the earth, the, the eternal uh, wonders of heaven. But now he says you're gonna end, the other group's going to enter into eternal fire which was only prepared for the devil and his angels. In other words, God has no desire that anyone go there. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I was naked, you did not clothe me, sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they themselves will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? And then he will answer them, the goats, truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it for one of the least of these, you did not do it for me either. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. In other words, don't be a goat. Now, what, is this, what does this uh, prophecy tell us? Well, it tells us that, that as Christians, we are disciples of Jesus, and we are to be distinguished as generous people. And truth be told, I don't want to be a goat on Judgment Day. Do you? I mean, Jesus gave us this prophecy as a warning and a challenge at the same time toward generosity. And why is this? Why is that the case? Well, it's, it's simple. Acts of joyful generosity, what it does, it invites God's presence and it helps people to see 
Jesus. It does. Every time a follower of Jesus is generous, we actually show the heart of God. And, and if people are stunned and amazed at, at your generosity, and, and it, what it does is that it just opens up the door for spiritual conversations, which is a good thing. We want that. I mean, people might say, well, why do you give the way that you do? I mean, don't you care about your money? Why are you always so quick to give? And, and why are you like that? Well, whatever the question is, we have a very simple answer. And it's based in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. It says, in, it's basically this, is that we just let them know that, that we follow and, and serve a Savior who has given us everything. And through faith in Jesus, he's promised us that we are blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Therefore, we're like him and we give. And we have heaven coming as a home, and we have eternity that is secured by the generosity of God. So why not be generous myself? You see, self-centered living, it compromises our witness of the God who gave up everything. A, a life that fixates itself on accumulation and consumption of stuff, what that does is it slams the door shut and it causes our witness to be stifled. And, and keep in mind, our, our lives are supposed to be a continual witness of the glory of God. So how can we show Jesus to the world if your first love is money and the things of the world? Really, we can't. See, non-believers, they, they don't have a clear picture of what a Christian is supposed to be like. They, they really don't, and, and that's understandable. But they do know what a Christian should not be like. And, and from what I've seen on a lot of surveys, selfishness is at the very top of, these, uh, of this unspoken but commonly held list in the hearts and minds of non-believers. See, plenty of people who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, those, those same people, they believe, though, that in some way or another, Christians are to be like Jesus, and Jesus was good, and he was kind, and he was gracious, and, and he was generous. Uh, and, and they expect those people who bear the name of Christ, who bear the name of Jesus, to be like the one that they claim to follow. So what happens here is joyful generosity, it shows the world that we're not owned by stuff and things. Yeah, so many people are mired in debt, and so many people are consumed with consumption. You like that line, consumed with consumption? I, I was really excited when I came up with that one for this message. So I have to say it again. So people are consumed with consumption. And there are a lot of people. I'm telling Christians and non-Christians that, uh, that the, the driving force is just, I got to make more money. I have to acquire more things. I have to keep maintaining all the things that I own. I have to continually upgrade my life. And, and that's actually a form of bondage and slavery because the things that you think you own are actually owning you. And, uh, and so when you flip it and you turn it around, you free yourself from the entanglements of just this, this obsessive consumerism that is in our culture. And what we do is then we can use what we have to be a blessing to other people. And, then, and through that, we send a power 
powerful message. It sends a message that we are not slaves, that we are not in bondage, and we are not driven by the need to acquire and get more and more and more. See, because the world watches Christians, and we carry the presence of God into the world. We are all about making Jesus known. And people want to know, is there legitimately a pathway and a lifestyle that will allow me to to breathe freely and to relax and enjoy each day. And the truth is, if people live free from the entanglements of possessions, they, they are going to begin to understand that I can live free. And we can tell them about the one who has satisfied our life and who has satisfied our soul and who provides for all of our needs. And you can tell them even how God has come in and, and, and been there for you in the, in the toughest of times and how miracles have happened to you. And that opens people up to the gospel. In fact, I, I would say that joyful generosity is a key component to making Jesus known. Now, your generosity to this church is one of the fundamental ways of actually doing joyful generosity. Uh, for example, one of the compassion children that we support, her name is Yasmin. And I just want to put her picture up there. We support her uh, a, a with an offering every single month, and I shared a letter from another one a few weeks ago. But, but your giving helps us, we, we help her. In fact, I was just blessed to, to send a, a birthday gift to her uh, recently, and she, she's a special girl. She's 12 years old. She lives on the Brazilian coast in a little community of about Oh, maybe about 10,000 residents. And the, the typical houses there are dirt floors, brick walls, and, and tile roofs. And their, their diet consists of four things, beans and rice and, and chicken and bread. That's basically what they eat. Uh, most of the adults in the community where Yasmin lives and, uh, and others that we support through, uh, through compassion, most of the people in this community are unemployed. Uh, some work as day workers, but then the, the amount of money that they bring home at the end of a month would equ- equal about 125 U.S. dollars. And Yasmin lives with her mother. She lives with her younger brother. Her father's in prison. And what our sponsorship does is our sponsorship allows the staff to take care of her at the, at the, the, the uh, compassion ministry that's there. It gives her Bible teaching and lets her participate in sports, gives her nutritious food and cultural activities and tutoring and, and music classes. And they also offer meetings and lectures for the parents of these children. So her mother is able to go to these meetings as well. And they are, they are then connected to a local Assemblies of God church where they're able to go and receive the gospel as well. And they have a church community. That's just a little part of what we're doing. And we will probably never see her until we get into eternity. But these are the things that we do. Uh, so I want to thank you. I just want to thank you for your giving to, uh, to our local and our global outreach. And many of you, you received a letter from you uh, a few days ago just sharing about what God is doing through our church, uh, through City Life Church. I just want to thank you. Uh, you know, the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 2, it says we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for What? Good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. And so our good works, what that does is it makes Jesus known. Now, I want you to look at this next one. It says, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5. It says, you are the light of the world. You are. 
You're the light of the world. Now, please understand, Jesus had also said that I am the light of the world. He says, I'm the light of the world. And later on, he says, you're the light of the world. Which one is it? It's actually both. But Jesus is now gone out of this earth. So we are now the ones who bear the light of Jesus. He says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Now look at this. Your light must, not should, but must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and then glorify your Father who's in heaven. And it's, ba- it's built upon this is what I'm sharing with you. The world is watching. So are we going to bring the presence of the Lord with us and express it with joyful generosity. I mean, I mean, get this. Get this in your heart. We, we are the light of the world. And his spirit dwells within us. We bear his presence. So I just want to ask you a simple question. What are you going to do with what I've shared with you today? Um, what is the next step for joyful generosity for you? And for everyone, it's going to be a little different. So what I, what I always want us to do is to listen to the voice of the Spirit. So just listen to His voice right now. Maybe your next step is tithing. Is that what God is sharing with you? That's a tenth of your income that goes toward the work of the ministry in your local church. Maybe, it's to, uh, maybe your next step is to give a one-time gift to the ministry, to the ministry of Jesus through this church. It could mean giving away something that has control in your life that you need to release it. Maybe the Spirit of the Lord is is stirring in your hearts that you should increase your giving and stretch your faith and trust in His provision. Maybe maybe it's simply this. You're giving, but your giving is not joyful. And ask God to increase your excitement and your joy when it comes to giving and sharing. I, I don't know what God's saying to you. My question is, what are... What is the Holy Spirit saying to you right now? Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.